see the demon in you who doesn't wanna come out and play. I can see the demon in you who doesn't wanna come out and play. Everybody say fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Hey, fuck this Everybody shit. say fuck this shit. Hey, fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Hey, fuck this Everybody shit. Everybody say fuck. Fuck this shit. Fuck. Fuck. Fuck this shit. What's going down? Fuck Welcome shit, back. Fuck. To the Fuck This Shit Podcast, as always, I'm your host, Dre. Thank you, as always, for taking the time out to listen to this podcast. Thank you for being subscribed to the motherfucking podcast. If you're a subscriber for that extra little $4.99, if you're not and you want extra content, you get an extra episode every week, you get access to like 50 fucking episodes that you can't even see right now, and also... You get to be a part of the engine that drives this fucking podcast. So if you'd like to become one of the subscribers, the link is in the the show notes. You can just click more at the top of that motherfucker. And it's a little link. You subscribe for the phone 99, you know, and you'll be one of my favorite people. Shout out to my favorite people. Um, (laughs) If you're not already following the social media platforms, FTS podcast on Facebook at fuck this shit pod on Instagram, Twitter and Reddit. If you're not already following on your listening platform, please do so so that you can get the notifications when the new shit drops, especially during this time of turmoil where I am throwing these episodes up whenever I get the time to record them for you. Um. Y'all, it is April 29th. My last off day was last week. When was my last day off? Thursday. Not Thursday as in yesterday. Thursday as in last week Thursday was my last day off. My next day off won't be until May 12th. So, I'm sorry about the spidiness of the podcast. I am doing my absolute best to maintain the same pace of episodes. Um, the timing, however, is not going to be um consistent probably at least until halfway through next month, until the 12th when I start getting some days off because Right now, I'm recording this podcast for y'all at 10.45 in the morning. I've only been awake for a little bit. I'm not a morning person. Um, Which is weird. I say I'm not a morning person, but I actually, I can be. Like, I actually prefer to get things done earlier versus later. But I only am a morning person because I like to take naps. You know what I'm saying? So, like. Um, I, (laughs) I can't wake up in the morning and be up all day type shit. That's not my vibe. I like to wake up if it was, if in my ideal world, when I reach my full self where I'm doing all the things that I want to do, I will wake up at five o'clock in the morning, every morning and I will wake up, get me a little something to drink. You know what I'm saying? Maybe a little light, light morning snack, go work out, come home actually eat breakfast and then go back to sleep from like 8 30 to 10 45 11 then wake back up and really start my day because man i'm telling man for me a nap i doesn't matter when it is there's nothing better than a nap 
So uh, that's really how I get down. But anyway, I, I only said all that to say, like, the fact that I'm doing this podcast in the morning lets you know, or in my version of morning, lets you know, y'all, that I'm just trying to squeeze this shit in somewhere. Because i be honest with you, at this point, it's become a priority to me to get it done. Um, I love doing it. Uh, and I feel like y'all deserve a certain amount of consistency from me. So, you know, it's just like a, uh, just a challenge. That's all. It's just like a personal challenge me trying to, to get this taken care of and get this done and really be consistent with it. Um, I told y'all, you know what I'm saying? If you left comments on the podcast, five-star reviews, all that good stuff. That all of that would get read out on the podcast. And you know me. I'm a nigga of my word. Um, We got one comment on one of the bonus episodes. On the last bonus episode. It was from Devin. You know what I'm saying? It was just a thanks for the shout out. If y'all don't know. If you weren't a part of the bonus episode. We took a little shot for Devin. You know what I'm saying? Because Devin got married last week. So again, shout out to Devin. Um, On... The episode, Lay Your Head on My Pillow, where we talked about Johnny Depp's crazy-ass ex-girlfriend shitting on his pillow. Um, Haley left Haley left a comment on here, but then she actually DM'd me with her original comment because her comment was so long, which I fucks with that. I like, uh, I like that energy. I'm not going to lie. It's just, I don't know. Anyway, the, the comment that y'all can read, Basically says talking about deeper things like being okay with being alone, that journey, and then going to your funny Popeye story is exactly the thing that makes you so relatable and funny. So keep doing this, Um, which I love. Before I comment back on it, let me read the one that she sent me on my DM, the longer one, because it is super dope. The one she sent me says, Dre, when you talk about doing things alone and building your relationship with yourself, it's not too deep to talk about. This is so relatable. I recently heard something about this that stuck with me. When you build your relationship with yourself, you're charging your internal battery. And when your battery is charged within yourself, it creates a space for positive people to be attracted to your energy and then pulls them into your life. Just some food for thought. Um, I, man, that is dope. That is super dope. Number one, because I really do. It's it's tough to create content with no audience. And what, what I mean by that is I don't get to see y'all react to anything that I put on here. The only feedback I get is when y'all leave comments or I see y'all active on social media talking about the podcast or when you reach out to me directly about the podcast. But outside of that, I, I genuinely just have to hope you liked it, you know? Um, and I have to hope that the content that I'm creating is kind of what everyone is seeking in a, to a degree, it's it's hard because it's not like living your regular life. You know, when you live your regular life, sometimes you like, I feel like you might find yourself trying to fit in or do things to make other people more comfortable because you want people to like you or whatever, right? But in truth, like the go-to in real life is just to be yourself. Um, The people who fuck with you will fuck with you and the people who don't won't. But in truth, if you're not being your real authentic self when 
you do have these interactions with other people. You're like, in my opinion anyway, even if people do like you, you're making people gravitate towards you who don't actually have similar values as yourself because you trying to fit into what they do instead of trying to find what fits you, right? And that's how I approach life. But when you're creating content, it's a little bit different. I don't make this podcast for me. You know, in a in a direct way, I don't make this for myself. It's not like living your life where I live my life for myself. I live my life with the express intent on making myself happy and living my life in a way that I can be proud of and, you know, shit like that. Right. Because, you know, there is like I want. There there are things about my life that aren't about me specifically, but they have to serve me. You know, even if I'm helping somebody with something or or being a part of of something bigger than myself, it still has to serve me in some way or else I don't really fuck with it. Even if it is just serving me because I enjoy the feeling of helping somebody. Whereas in contrast, like I was saying, creating content, making this podcast is literally for y'all. You know, it's literally for y'all and. The, the millions of people who have never heard this, who I would hope would hear it and be like, damn, that shit is dope. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that shit is really important to me. And uh, I really appreciate it. But as far as like what she said specifically um, about the internal battery, kind of like recharging your internal battery and all those things. Um, I am coming to learn that more and more myself as I spend more time uh, just kind of learning about myself as an individual. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. This whole process, this whole, like, I was thought, okay, this might make sense to y'all. I was talking to this girl and one of the things that she said, she said a lot of times men just be freestyling life. And that resonated with me because I knew exactly what she was talking about when she said that. Because for a lot of my adult life, that's really what I was doing. I was just freestyling life. I would wake up and try and solve the problems of that day, maybe a problem or two of the next day. And I wasn't going no deeper than that. I wasn't planning shit out. I wasn't thinking about my future. I wasn't doing any of that shit. So even when it comes to myself and working on myself, I wasn't really doing that. You know, you, I was just living my life. I was just freestyling life. Well, now, you know, fast forward. When, and I would say even before me and my baby mama split up. I start kind of looking at what I want my life to look like more like in a, uh, in a more tangible sense in a more long-term sense in a more, uh, specific and intentional way, trying to really visualize exactly what I wanted for myself and for my family and blah, 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 whatever. Right. And I, I might even have to rephrase that. I actually don't think I ever considered what I wanted for myself and what I wanted my life to look like. What I was doing was 
trying to set up my family for a certain lifestyle. And I had an idea of what I wanted my family to look like and what I wanted my family unit to kind of operate like. But in that, I still wasn't really focusing on myself. So, and a lot of that kind of kind of tracks into my mentality on how a relationship should be. I don't really feel like when you're in a relationship with somebody, you should have to worry about yourself in the same way that you do when you're alone. Because I feel like you should find someone that is willing to invest in you in the same way that you're investing in them to a point that it's not necessary for you to not like look out for yourself, but kind of it is. It is kind of exactly what I'm saying. Basically, I'm saying when as a single individual, it's you against the world. It really is. You know, you have your family unit or whatever. You have like family and friends. But gen, generally speaking, it's just you out here. You know, like you making decisions for you and all the consequences only impact you. It's just you out here. When you with somebody, you have to worry about their needs, right? You have to be a part of you has to be invested in what they need as well. And there's only so much bandwidth we have as people. So in my opinion, if I'm putting forth this amount of energy to ensure you're good, but you're not giving that back to me, then I'm operating at a detriment. And you don't see it while you in it. And even sometimes when you do, because there were times where I feel like I did see that and I even like articulated that and vocalized it. But it's easy for me. I know I can be selfish. So it's easy for me to think maybe I'm asking for too much or maybe I'm tripping or whatever. I don't I looking back on a lot of that. I don't believe that to be the case now. Now, I think that I was justified in wanting that or feeling as though. That was deserved on my part. But the whole point in saying all that was just that for me, that deficit was really causing me to go through a lot of emotional turmoil that I didn't really I couldn't really put my finger on. I couldn't really say, like, why do I feel this way and why? I don't know what's going on. Right. So fast forward. Once we break up and I'm back just focusing on myself and I mean, I'm really fast forwarding through a part. I mean, there was really there was genuinely a, a, a few months after we broke up where it was impossible for me to focus on myself. I was so because one thing about my baby mama and me splitting up is that she didn't give me any explanation and I'm not necessarily somebody who needs closure. I don't need closure to not fuck with you, right? But if we supposed to still be maintaining some kind of friendship or whatever it is, it's like under, I need some kind of understanding. Like, why are we in this space? So I'm spending all this mental energy and time still trying to figure out what happened. You know, how can we get back to this and what happened and whatever, whatever. And that's like you'll never be able to figure out within yourself why somebody else made the decision that they made. Um, You will only know the truth that they tell you and it will only be as true to you as you believe it is. So it's not really any closure or, or understanding to be had in a lot of situations. But that's what I spent a few months doing 
Well, once I finally stop doing that, then I start looking at myself like, okay, yeah, what do I want my life to look like? What do I want? What are the things that I want to invest in personally for myself? And that kind of comes back to what Haley was saying about that internal battery. I have noticed as time goes on, the farther removed I get from this and the more time I spend working on myself and identifying the things and the characteristics about myself that I want to hold on to and just really being aware of who I am, who I want to be, how that impacts the people around me, just being intentional with the things that I ingest, the things that I put out, just everything. It has a made me so much happier and so much more fulfilled as an individual. I cannot even express to you the amount of growth I feel like I have had personally over the last five, six months. Um, it is, I don't even know the word. I'm, it's it's like not a word. I'm proud of myself. Really, I am. When I look back, I think like, shit, bro. Like you was really not in your bag. You know, like when you look back and you think it to yourself, nigga, you was not in your bag. And then, you know, Haley said something else and that she sent me another message after that one. And it said something about how that statement that she made about the internal battery she feels like that applies to dating as well, where it's kind of like you attract the energy that you put out there in such a way that um, kind of doing those things to work on yourself and make yourself more, I don't know what the word is, happy, balanced, you know, content, just all those things. Working on those things within you, in my opinion, allows people to see those things in you, right? Um, I am a huge, like, I'm a big thinker. I have plans, big plans about different things that I want to do and how I want to move. And I was, in a lot of ways, dimming my own light because... I don't want to, I don't know what the reason is specifically, because I don't want to put it on my inclination. I'll be honest with y'all. My inclination was to say I wasn't in a relationship with somebody who I believe could support the level of dreams I had because they didn't have that same level of belief and not necessarily on the level of she didn't think I was smart or whatever, whatever. But it's like sometimes your mind is just not on the same, not in the same space. I don't want to say not on the same level because it's not really about, oh, I was just way up here and she just wasn't where I was. It's just like our priorities just didn't line up. Our level of ambition in certain areas just did not line up. So for me to say, you know, ultimately my goal is actually to own several charter schools you know i i'm going into education so that i can kind of learn all of this from the ground up and move from teaching to whatever but 
ultimately, once I start teaching, that's just a vehicle for me to have more time to sit down and work on my master's degree. Once I complete my master's degree, that's just something for me to go ahead and like specialize in curriculum development. Once I can specialize in curriculum development, then really all it is to opening up a school is finding a space and getting the money and somebody to back me doing it. But I kind of already have some connections in that area and some people who want to do things like that. And it's been that way for a long time. And I let myself get set back on that plan. I could have already by now, if I had been locked in, like I should have been, I could already kind of be maybe not in a position of owning my own charter right now, but I could definitely be teaching within a charter system that I was intentionally trying to move up within. You know, because you kind of need the, you have to have the pathway. Like my, my intense, my, my goal is to go from teacher to administrator, but I want to go from public school teacher, charter school teacher, charter school administration. And then once I know a little bit of admin and curriculum development in the charter school system, I want to move that and take that information and that knowledge to be able to actually open up my own system because charter schools to be honest they're they're profitable you can make good money off of charter schools and that's why most of them suck because they're like a money grab with not a lot of oversight so in my opinion what i see is an area where i can jump in and provide both things where yeah we're making money in here you know what i'm saying don't don't get me fucked up if i'm part of something you just know when I walk past you in the hallway with my AirPods on, it's a whole lot of money in this motherfucker. That's what we listening to. You feel me? I ain't doing shit for free. But I feel like you could do both where you could have something like that, where you have a, a nice source of income. But you also provide a super high quality education. I'm planning on using this critical race theory shit to my benefit because in the same way that there's all these weird ass white kid parents who don't want their kids going to school, learning that, you know, the niggas used to be slaves or whatever the fuck it is they afraid to go learn. It's also people who would love and embrace an education system that was intentionally inclusive of all of American history and gives a a true context to what really occurred and how it happened and how that impacts the systems that we now deal with and even focusing more on looking at the world from a global perspective instead of just from the lens of America because that's how we're taught in American school systems and I feel like as you have kids you start to learn that that's not effective and you want your kids to have a broader education and all of us can't afford private school so anyway whole point I I just told y'all my whole life dreams just because but you know what I'm glad I did because I have to start becoming more comfortable stating these things out loud and saying this shit like it's not. A lot of times I don't tell people what I want to do because I'm almost afraid that they're going to hear it. And to them, it's going to sound so big. It's not possible. And I don't want them to like leech that energy into my mind because I feel like we already have enough of that. When you're trying to do something big or something major, it's always a lot of you that thinks. This is too big to be done. Every time I sit in front of this fucking microphone and do this podcast, I'm thinking, I want this to pop off. Like, I want motherfuckers to be listening to this, like thousands of people. You know, I want, you know, right now we got 11 subscribers. I want 100 subscribers. You know, I want 1,000 subscribers. I'm, I, I think 
when I think about the podcast, I think every time somebody listens to it, they hooked on it. They, it's like crack. I just got to get this shit to more people. I got to get niggas to come to my corner. You feel me? And me taking the time to go back to what we're really talking about, me taking the time to focus on myself in that way and build myself up in that way includes all of those things. It includes me being intentional about my goals and being comfortable expressing those as attainable and I don't even know what the like like talking about them like they're going to happen you know like this is what I'm going to do this is what I'm capable of this is who I am and this is what I want since I have become more focused in that way I have absolutely noticed the way that people gravitate to me is different. But it's because my mentality is different everywhere I am because my purpose is different. So when I'm at work and I'm in, I'm, I'm in my workspaces um, and, you know, some of this, I will say a good deal of this may absolutely have to do with the fact that at my previous job, I worked with my baby mama. So all the women at my old job were like, I know your baby mama. But now that's not the case. But I don't believe that's all of it. I think a lot of it is my energy is a lot different. The way I project is a lot different. It's much more me the energy that y'all get on this podcast it really is my natural energy that i move through the world with but over the past year or so y'all i don't know that i've really been moving with that when i'm out being here in this big ass fucking city where i don't know nobody and it's just not it's just not the same you know between i just let things like i said dim that light in in lawton i'm norm you ever, I know y'all are old enough to kind of be familiar with the Cheers reference. You know, Norm walking to the bar on Cheers. And everybody, Norm, yeah, they all know my nigga, right? That's me in Lawton, anywhere I go. Walmart, the bar, a house party, a barbecue, uh, fucking the dentist. It doesn't matter where I go. I'm going to see people who I know, who know me, and more, more than that, who fuck with me. You know what I'm saying? I've always had people fuck with me tough everywhere I, my whole life. And then when I moved away and I'm kind of relying on getting all of that energy and to be transparent, I can see how that could be taxing on somebody to have somebody like me who's used to getting all this affirmation all day long be looking to you and a handful of other people to replace all that energy. I can understand how that could be a lot on a person. So I feel it. And looking back, I would never place that burden on someone again. Anyone, I felt like if I was going to be in a relationship, I had to sacrifice some of that part of myself because in truth, a lot of it is flirty. You know what I'm saying? It, or at least it comes off that way. And I prefer the company of women over men by far and always have so when i'm within a relationship i scale some of those things back because i understand that shit's got to be uncomfortable to be with a man who's always got all these women in his face you know so i'm scaling some of that back 
demanding it from one person, but never again. It's too much. I would just have to choose someone who understands that that's a part of me. That I can be this person. I can I can have this big personality that takes up this space when I go out in social places and public places. And still have, still be centered enough to come home, you know, to have like, oh, this is my home setting. That I have that capacity and that's just what I have to operate in moving forward because I need to take up that space. I'm not, I'm not stretching my arms out to take up that space. I just do. When I come in a space and I'm myself, I take up room. You know, I'm a big personality. And and all that shit that Haley said about the internal battery and how that impacts other people and all that stuff. I just felt that shit so strong because literally that's that's me. That's where I am in my life. That's what that's that's what it is for real, for real. I'm starting to recharge that battery and I'm starting to see that the people who gravitate towards me and that I gravitate towards are more suited for me and then also and this is the last thing I'll say about that y'all got the juice back I got my juice back y'all I missed that see I don't I think I told y'all in the earlier episode I don't have no game at all it's never been my thing I don't be I'm not spitting no game. I'm not coming with no punchlines. I'm not trying to, I'm not doing none of that weird shit. That's weird shit to me. It's just not me. It's some niggas do that and it's their thing. If it's your thing, it's not weird because you're being yourself. But it's not me. For me to walk up to a woman and just start trying to like, start trying to holler at her. Bro, I don't even know what, I don't even know what to say. I don't. I'm just going to talk to you like a person. You feel me? But. What I have always had is when I get someone on time, one-on-one time with a woman, oh, I got you. Oh, it's just me and you in a conversation? I got you. I got you. You fuck with me. You like me. It's okay. I went on a little, on a little I, went, I met up with a girl who, I, I, she went to nursing school back home with us. And I met up with her last night. You know, we've been saying, I've been saying like, oh, we need to catch up. We need to catch up or whatever. And we go out, have a good time or whatever. You know, uh, we just go to a little, it's like a little bar that serves pizza. It's like a little, it's actually really dope. It's called Capone's. Really nice place. And we pull up, we just sitting at the bar, literally just sitting there, having a few drinks, talking, eat a little pizza, nice, chill evening. We walk out. And we standing outside talking, whatever, whatever. And she's like, so what are we doing? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what? why are you asking me that? She's like, I mean, when I first came out here, I kind of felt like, you know, we just, we catching up. We ain't seen each other in a long time. Like, I'm going to catch up with an old friend. She was like, but I'm like, you know. Are we, like, on a little date? Like, is this, like, you know, like, basically, she coming at me, like, when I came here tonight, I was just coming to kick it with you on some dry shit, but, you know, I'm wondering, if is this little vibe I'm feeling real? Like, you feel what I'm saying? Like, she, like, I feel like you kind of fucking with me, and I'm kind of fucking with you, like, in my tripping type shit. I'm like, oh, no, you're not tripping. That's what it is. But... 
That's what I mean when I say I got my little juice back. I'm like, see, that's what it's supposed to be. Like, I, that's what I want. The thing that's crazy, y'all, is that feeling that I feel like she had by the end of spending time with me is literally what I want everyone to walk away feeling like when they walk away from me. Like, like when people are with me, I don't want you to know what time it is. I don't want you like one thing I peeped about her. She ain't, she picked that phone up three times the whole time we was together. Glanced at that motherfucker, sat that bitch down. She wasn't fucking with that phone. She was engaged the entire time. Like didn't want to go nowhere. She pulled up on me at 10 o'clock at that bar. We sat there till the bar closed and then stood outside and talked till three o'clock in the fucking morning before we went home. Also, don't even realize we didn't spend this much time together shit. And you know me, that's why we we left that motherfucker. I looked at the clock, it's three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, you over here trying to pretend like you don't know whether you like me or not, but you standing outside talking to me till three o'clock in the morning. Stop that. You know what it is. And you sitting up here talking to me on the phone. This be my crazy thing, right? Y'all funny. Y'all so funny. I go out with the girl. We have a good ass time. We talking. Everything cool. It's real good. Like real good vibes or whatever. We leave there. I call her. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking to her on my way home. I live 35 minutes from where we was. So I talk to her the whole way home. Get home. I'm still talking to her. I'm at the house. I can hear her on the phone damn near asleep. I'm like, I know you tired. Yeah, I'll let you go to sleep. Like, no, I'm not tired. I'm not tired. Like, oh, no, you just like to talk to a nigga, that's all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but in truth, I feel like had I went out with her five months ago, it wouldn't have went that way. Just straight up, I don't feel like it goes that way. I don't feel like my energy is the same. I don't feel like I'm present in the same way because I wasn't. I was just in such a different shitty ass fucking place. But now your boy is really on the uptick and I can say in truth that a lot of that is due to me just working on myself. Um, Y'all, this is, I know that we 30 minutes into this motherfucker all off of one comment from one of y'all. That's why I tell y'all all the time, man, leave your fucking feedback on these episodes, man. I feel like Y'all will have to tell me. I don't know. But I feel like some good shit comes out of that. I feel like, or I hope that my willingness to be transparent with y'all about my process of life, basically, in some way provides a level of, mm, if maybe it's comfort the word, or I just want people to hear the shit I be going through and be like, I feel that. I want people to understand, like, I feel like sometimes we go through things and you feel as though either you're the only one dealing with it or you crazy for how you feel about it or whatever. It's like all these different little things that you try and, you try and like get past these mental blocks that the issues that you feel like you have or the things that you're going through are, are real and the way you feel is real. Um, so I don't know. Basically, I just hope that y'all get that from this. I hope that when y'all hear me being transparent on these kind of levels, that it kind of gives you that feeling that 
you know, you're not in this world alone going through all the crazy shit that we all going through, you know? I don't know. That's how I feel whenever y'all reach out to me. Okay, when y'all reach out to me and tell me how something that I said resonated with you, it makes me feel seen in a way that is comforting. It makes me feel like, hell yeah, I wasn't tripping on that. And that's that's real. That feeling I have, it comes from some from a real place that other people would understand. That makes me feel um, like I can't explain the feeling. It's like gratifying in a way. So I will hope that in the times when you're not laughing during this podcast, that you at least get some of that, you know, because I don't know. It's, it's, um, I'm both, you know, I can be funny. I could just be sitting here telling jokes and laughing and shit. Um, and sometimes I think about shit. Sometimes it's more about life and, you know, kind of bigger themes and shit. So, you know, I hope y'all fuck with it as always. Um, I'm going to take a little break because, you know, a nigga been talking forever and ever and ever. I'm going to take a little break. We're going to get these little ad dollars in. Uh, and then I'll be right back. <laughs> Okay, so recently I came across a story that left me with a lot of questions um, about myself, about the people involved, just a lot of questions. It, it, it made me realize how judgmental and materialistic we can all be, but then it also still made me think, damn, y'all niggas is cheap as fuck. <laughs> but, I don't know. So I'll just let y'all hear the story. Kiera and Joel Brokenbrow had a plan in place for their wedding. Our goal was to just be as minimal as possible and to spend um, the least amount of money as possible. And they did just that. The whole ceremony cost just $500. A lot of people gifted us things. Like my godmom, she gifted us flowers. My sister gifted us a runner. My god sister and my auntie gifted us with a cake. Weddings can cost a fortune. The national average, close to 30 grand. And in Kiara and Joel's home state of California, the average is even higher. Dress is check. So how did Kiara pull it off? She started with the dress, which cost just $47. I didn't want to spend a lot of money on a dress because I had the mindset, I'm going to wear this one time for a few hours. Then she found the perfect location right off the freeway. Keyword being free. And for the reception, guests paid for their food and drinks themselves. The people we had there, they understood the assignment. They understood the things that we were trying to do, and they really supported us. Kiera, hoping their wedding on a budget serves as a reminder to other couples thinking of taking the leap themselves. You have a wedding with witnesses there to witness you um, vowing to your spouse, vowing to God that you guys are going to stay together for life, and then you celebrate with food, drink, and dance. And that's exactly what we did. All right, y'all. How we feel? What y'all think? When you heard that, first of all, I'll be honest. When I first heard that story, the first thing I thought was, as soon as I read the headline, $500 wedding, it made me think of that uh, Extreme Cheapskates. I don't know if y'all ever watched Extreme Cheapskates. That was my show. Like, 
And looking back, obviously that shit was staged. And those people was doing that shit on some goose. But boy, extreme cheapskates when it first the lady who cooked the lasagna in the dishwasher. Yo, she said, I'm not wasting this money on heat. She took the lasagna, wrapped that bitch up in foil, then wrapped that bitch up in saran wrap, put that bitch in the motherfucking dishwasher while she washed dishes and said, oh, the dishwasher get hot as hell. It's going to get cooked. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. This reminded me, this gave me vibes of a homeboy who took his family out to dinner at the buffet, had them all eating off the same two plates, then paid for the food and change. Nigga, this remind me of the man who took his wife out to dinner, was being cheap as fuck on their thing, and then when he left, start asking other people if they was going to take their food home and start taking it to go food from other people. This gives me, I'm about to take my baby out on a breakfast, and I'm about to drive the car around until the engine get hot and cook the breakfast on the car engine. Vibes. This gives me extreme cheapskate vibes. I'm just, on a wedding? But that's why I said it made me feel judgmental and materialistic because, I mean, if they happy, what the fuck is my, what what my non-relationship having ass gonna tell somebody else about how to be happy? I mean, shit, if that's, if that do it for y'all, then then it do. You know what I'm saying? I can't. But y'all, some of the things that they did to save the money, first of all, they say she paid $47 for the dress. So she know you. she got the dress off. Okay. What y'all call it? Y'all call it Shein. Y'all call it Sheen. What y'all calling it? Y'all know a nigga like me calling that Afro Sheen. You know what I'm saying? That's that That's that Jimmy Neutron Sheen right there. You know what I'm saying? I ain't saying Shein sounds stupid to me. Even if that is what it is, it sounds dumber than Sheen to me. So you know what? It is what it is. What it means is that she used the coupon code to get that dress is all I'm saying. She was like, she was up there talking about where's the coupon code for this white dress as long as it's white. You know what I'm saying? It's whatever, you know? Um, And, you know, broke niggas get married all the time. You know what I'm saying? I just told y'all, you know, my little brother just got married. They broke. You know what I'm saying? They happy or whatever. So, you know, it can happen. I'm not saying that it's impossible. But I'm just saying, like, you grown as fuck planning out a $500 wedding? Like, I don't know. It's just not for me. It's not for me. I'm not going to lie. I like weddings a lot. So, and I know people be like, you know, men don't dream of their wedding. I do a little bit. Like, not the way women do. I dream of my reception. I don't really dream of my wedding. Like, oh, the moment when I slide the ring on that wonderful. I'll be thinking about the party afterwards. Like, we got to have a Henny Fountain in that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? I want some nigga shit at my wedding, bro. Like, is there any way that we can get a 6-4 Impala with the hydraulics right at the entrance of the reception, you know what I'm saying, hitting the switches, you know what I'm saying, with the hydraulics, got the bitch jumping and shit, you know what I'm saying, niggas could take, like, niggas could take turns hopping in the 6-4, flipping the switches, like one of them little roller coaster rides that be in the middle of the mall, you know what I'm saying, when you walk in, motherfucker be like, oh, you wanna, you wanna flip the switches on the 6-4, I'm trying to have some ghetto shit at my wedding, the fuck? I'm about to lay it down for the rest of my life. Yo, we got to be in here doing the most. I want a bear. 
the fuck? I want a bear with a little hat on. I want a bear with a little red hat. You know what I'm saying? The, the At the dough. Not at the dough, in the back. In the back. The bear going to be in the back. So you get the six foe when you walk. I don't want the bear to get too excited by all the commotion from the six foe. So he got to be all the way in the back. You know what I'm saying? We're going to call that nigga Billy the Bear type shit. You know what I'm saying? I want a motherfucking, you know what I'm saying? I want a motherfucking rainbow. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Nigga, I want everything in my shit. So $500 ain't going to do it. Not for me. Not for a nigga like me. I, and I love weddings too. Every time I go to one, you you invite me to a wedding, then don't let me hear open bar. I'm in that bitch. Nigga, I love weddings so much. I went to my best friend's wedding and I didn't even get them a wedding gift. The gift I got to them was putting like $500 on a bar or some shit like that or whatever. Like, cause it wasn't open bar. It was like open bar to a limit. And niggas, you know how niggas is. They reach that limit fast as fuck. So as soon as they said there was a limit, I was like, oh shit, I got you. Nigga, I throw another five on that motherfucker just to keep the party going because I like receptions and weddings. They're fucking fun. These niggas just took all the joy out with this Dollar Tree ass wedding. These motherfuckers went, they got married on the side of the highway, y'all. Listen to me. Like, you know when you be driving on the highway sometimes and it'll be like a little spot where it's like scenic area here and they got the little sign where you could take a little time off your trip and just pull over and just see some, especially if you drive through Colorado, they have them a lot in Colorado, but you know, they'll tell you it's a spot up here where you could pull up and pull over and it's going to be some beautiful shit over there. Their motherfuckers was like, I mean, it is some beautiful shit back there. We could all pull up. These niggas got 50 people parked on the side of the highway for this. way. I know they had to do it fast because they wasn't supposed to be there. I read another story that said that they didn't get no permits or nothing for where they was at. Now, you know, people like to fuck with niggas, boy. Can you, first of all, how was they able to hear it about? I was at, I went to one of my friend's weddings and they had their wedding um, in their parents' backyard. Or in like one of his parents' backyard. They they set it all up. It was really nice. And their parent his parents live kind of like their backyard borders a main road a little bit. I feel like it did, because I feel like that's why we couldn't hear them. But my point was we really couldn't hear their vows where I was sitting. I couldn't really hear them. It was a really nice wedding and the reception, baller. And honestly, y'all, the reception is really what it's all about anyway. But Reception, baller. And it was a nice wedding, but we couldn't hear them. So I'm thinking to myself, I know y'all could not hear them vows next to the motherfucking highway. It's 18 wheelers passing by, honking. And then you know when people see that it's a wedding, they probably was honking the whole time. That shit was probably loud and disturbing as fuck. Then afterwards, and people do this. I see this being a server. I see this all the time. Where motherfuckers come for a celebration of some sort. And it's like we all on separate tabs. And I feel that, I guess. But I just feel like, and this is, this is okay. Maybe this is where my quote unquote judgment comes from they $500 wedding. 
If y'all want to do some cheap shit because you don't really have the bread to do it, that's fine. But don't have us over here jumping through hoops to make pretend like y'all written. I, I got to y'all talking about you going to invite me out for your wedding reception, but I got to buy my food. She talking about they understood the assignment. Nigga, they understood y'all was not y'all was broke. Y'all was not fucking with it. It is not bro. You cannot invite somebody to your wedding reception and be like, by the way, that'll be $68.95. But I guess you can because that's what they did. But I would never, I would never, I will tell you that. I would have showed up to the little fire. I would have pulled onto the side of the highway to a little ghetto wedding and talked about them in my mind and be like, I cannot believe we was on the side of the highway at this wedding. But I would have went. But as soon as they start talking about, oh, okay, well, after this, we going out to what you call it, but you got to buy your own food and drink. Nigga, I will just go. I'm just going to go out with my friends. I will go out on a date with somebody or something like that. The fuck? You got me fucked up. I'm not. What in the ghetto? What in the... My people. My beautiful black people. We cannot go out like this. This is unacceptable. But maybe it's not. Maybe I'm being judgmental. Y'all have to let me know. I want to know. Would you have a $500 wedding? I just don't understand. What's wrong with just going to the courthouse? Niggas just go to the courthouse. I got plenty of homies who did not have a wedding. They just went to the courthouse, got married, and threw a little kickback at the crib. The homie, the homie when he got married, that's literally what he did. That he went to the courthouse with his wife. They got married. And then they just threw a little kickback at the spot. We pulled up. They had food. They had drank. It was fun. It was a good time. And they probably didn't spend $500 total. They probably didn't have to spend 500 through all of that. And if they did, whatever, you know what I'm saying? But like, to me, it, it's not the, it's not the money. It's not the, you only spent $500 on your wedding arrangements type of thing for me. It's the, you were like, we going to have a wedding, an actual wedding four or $500. But what you really said by that is I'm only going to contribute $500 to my wedding. And then I'm going to ask everyone else to do all the heavy lifting, which I guess is whatever, but still like, I just don't know. I guess if you just really friends with somebody and they, I don't know. He's talking about her auntie gifted the flowers and somebody else gifted like, like they didn't have those flowers laying around. They had to buy the flowers for you. Like your auntie bought the flowers for you, which is cool because I feel like families do that. Families throw in on the wedding type shit. You know, that's how it's supposed to be. In my opinion, you know, back in the day, it used to be that the bride's daddy paid for the wedding. You know, these broke ass niggas ain't doing that shit no more, though. I am. I ain't gonna cap. When Brie get married, nigga, that's on me. She gonna have, I don't know. And I and the thing about it is too is I ain't even talking about nothing wild and crazy like like Bree. I say Bree wedding is on me. I'ma have ten bands for Bree when she get married. I'ma have ten bands for Bree to put on her wedding. Like I got ten bands towards your wedding. Beyond that, you gonna have to figure it out. But nigga, ten bands is twenty times five hundred. That's twenty times. So she could have twenty highway side weddings, uh, roadside wedding. How you got roadside wedding? I'm not not the roadside wedding. I just, I cannot, I cannot, and I will not subscribe to this madness because that is what it is. It is madness. I don't know. Y'all, whatever. 
Talk about me all you want and tell me I'm tripping if I am, because I might be. Y'all have to, y'all have to really, really let a nigga know, because I'm, I'm curious how y'all feel about this. Do you, do you feel like you would, if you, as a woman, would you attend a $500 wedding? Okay, so I want to know all of the things. I want to know, would you be in a $500 wedding? As in, would you be one of the, the people getting married? Um, would you attend the $500 wedding and not a $500 wedding, the $500 wedding? Would you attend the wedding on the side of the road where y'all subsequently went probably to somebody's private room at like a little restaurant and you had to pay for your food and drinks? Would you go? For me, I feel like the honest answer is it would depend on how close we were for like, let's say my little brother did that shit. My little brother's wedding was sudden as fuck. Like, it was like, we getting married next week type shit. So, I wasn't there because I'm a slave. And nigga had to work. You know what I'm saying? Um, but let's say that they were going to do this. That, that the 500. Let's say that this is Devin. I would go. I had the time. They planned the roadside wedding. This is their thing. I would go. I would go and I would pay for my portion of the food and drink and all of that. Whatever, whatever, whatever. I would go. But number one, I would be talking shit most of the time. There's no way you're going to have me in your cheap ass wedding and I'm not over here calling this a cheap ass wedding. That's what I'm going to be doing the whole time. You're going to be up there getting married. So you're not going to hear me. But as I'm standing there listening to the 18 wheelers pass by me, I'm rolling my eyes saying, oh, the ghetto. Every time, each time that that occurs, I'm like, I can't believe that we doing this. When we go out and we at the reception and I see people taking pictures and tagging themselves like, oh, wedding reception, blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking in my mind, we're not at a wedding reception. This is a dinner. We just a dinner. We went to dinner. We, this is just a, this is, we just a large party. Like, this is not, this is not the business, but I would go, but it would have to be for somebody who I cared about immediate family. It's some cousins who I wouldn't go to no cheap shit like that for. And it's like, I know that you're like, oh, it's not supposed to be about you. You're supposed to be celebrating the people and blah, 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 whatever, whatever. Fuck that. The wedding, weddings are about the guests, bro. Like they're about the people getting married, but it's just a big ass party that you are throwing people. Like make no mistake. If you throw yourself a birthday party it is still about the guests would you will you have fun oh here's the question if you're at your birthday party and no one else is having fun will you have fun the answer is no so whenever you plan a major celebration of any sort it's kind of imperative that the people who are there fuck with it you know you're trying to host something fun something that they're going to enjoy themselves at you know and honestly, I always thought weddings were kind of on some show off shit, not on some like, oh, we shitting on y'all or whatever. But I always felt like whenever you showed up to somebody's wedding from the the suits to the, to the, the tux, you know what I'm saying, to the dress, to the music, to everything, it's all supposed to be so over the top. Like it's like a grand gesture. Maybe that's what it is. I've been trying to figure out why this bothers me so bad this whole time. 
It's because to me, a wedding and reception is like a grand gesture. And if you don't have grand gesture pockets or you just don't give a fuck about that kind of thing, because some people were like, weddings are a waste of money. I would never spend that much money on a wedding. And I feel that. But then just like, you know, don't just get married. I don't know, y'all. It's like it was just the they could have just got married at their local church type shit. Like, why did y'all do this? Why did y'all get married on the side of the highway? There's just so many other. I know so many poor people who have gotten married. So many poor people. I actually feel like that's probably why I haven't been married, because I never looked at another person and thought to myself, I could be broke with you forever. And a lot of the people who I see get married, that's clearly what they my whole life, my whole friendships. I've attended probably 10 weddings, probably 10 weddings. 50 percent of those people were broke. Like they were broke people getting married. 50% were, were, I would say, if I went to 10 weddings, it's probably like four people who was like legit broke. Three people who did like some moderate shit, right? You know, low-key wedding, nice reception. That's probably where I'm going to be at. I'm going to be real with you. Low-key wedding with the baller reception. You know what I'm saying? And I've been to two weddings that were really nice. I've been to one wedding that was really nice. Like, it was nice. The wedding and the reception. Okay, listen. When the wedding and the reception are in the same venue. And it's like a nice ass place. You know, they spent a little bit. Open bar. They had the lights strung all up. Across. It looked like a movie. I was like, ooh, shit. This is dope. Somebody fucking in a closet. Because y'all know in all the movies. When in the in the weddings, somebody's fucking in the closet. So that's where I knew I was like, ooh, wee, this is the shit. And I had so much fun. So, but anyway, I don't know. I seen the five hundred dollar wedding and I knew that I was I just had to get my shit off on that because child the ghetto. I got a whole segment called White People Do This. So when niggas do some shit, you know, this is some nigga shit. Not like white people don't do shit like this, but this is some nigga shit. This is this is us. This is us. I could have. I when I saw a five hundred dollar wedding, I did not think I was about to see hillbillies. I knew I was about to see niggas. I just knew it, especially because for her to get famous or not famous for her to go viral off of this. She was making it a point that she was only spending five hundred. Like she didn't say five hundred dollar wedding a thousand times for it to go viral. bro. I don't know. Forty seven dollars for the dress. Free flowers. Y'all pay for your own food. I'm really trying to figure out where she spent the $500 at. They didn't get no permit for nothing. Maybe his suit costs a lot. Maybe she got some nice shoes. I really think she lied about the 500 She probably counting the deposit that she paid for wherever they went to eat, but then they had to pay for their own food. So her wedding really looked like a $183 wedding to me. It looked like the gas to get to the highway, uh, the highway roadside wedding, the $47 for the dress, the gas to get to the restaurant, her food, her husband food. And I'm sure somebody paid for their food. Because they like, if y'all got us paying, you clearly need it. The, okay. If y'all go to a reception and you got to pay for your own food, do you bring a gift? Fuck no, right? Or, you, or do you got it like that? Because for me, I don't have all this money to be spending on your wedding. Where I got to, you know, I got to get me a nice little fit to show up. Then I got to pull up. I got to drive out to some deserted highway road stretch 
to go to the wedding and then we got to leave Randomville to go to fucking Chili's or wherever the fuck we going. And I got to buy my own chicken crispers. And you talking about you want a gift? Shit. You better. I got a free appetizer coupon uh, for this motherfucker. You better get this. Uh, get this triple dipper and get the fuck on. <laughs> you invite me to a five hundred dollar wedding at Chili's. You get the free triple dipper on me, my nigga. <laughs> Oh, I'm stupid, y'all. That is literally all I have on that. Um, There is something else that I want to talk to y'all about on this episode, but it absolutely falls under the umbrella of white people do this. y'all so one pe- one thing about white people do this one of the characteristics of that will lead somebody to to finding themselves on white people do this is possessing something that white people have so much of and it is the audacity the audacity it's some of the things that i see i just think what who so in today's iteration of white people do this i'm thinking about a clip that i seen and i know y'all seen it with the white boy who's on the plane with his friend recording it talking shit to mike fucking tyson of all the people in the world who you could talk shit to and get in their face and tr- and Mike Tyson. I would play y'all the whole clip, but in truth, you can't really hear what the guy is saying. It's something you really need to see more than you can hear. Um, but he's like. He's just like talking all this wild, weird shit or whatever. Just whatever. And then to me, what capped it off is I'll just play. I'll just play the last bit of the escalation. He should have never gave you his money. Peasants. They're peasants. Mike, Mike, come on. Let's go stop back. Let's go horse, man. Jet blue, man, flight. Boy just got beat up by Mike Tyson. Turn that way. Yeah, he got f***ed up. Just trying to ask for an autograph, man. I don't know what happened. A few things here. Number one. Do you think, and this is another reason why this is on white people do this. Do you think that everyone on that plane, the flight attendants, the air marshal that's probably somewhere on that plane, all of that. This is the thing. Flip it any way you want. Let the celebrity still be Mike Tyson and let that man be black. That's all in Mike Tyson's face, bothering Mike Tyson, doing all this shit. If you've ever been black with the perception that you were bothering someone in a professional establishment, 
you know they have no issue letting you know that. Let your table be a little loud in a restaurant or let your, like anything, like motherfuckers be letting you know. They be making sure that you know your black ass is being too loud or too disruptive or whatever. Let that boy still been white and the actor been white. Let that have been, or not the actor, well, I guess Mike Tyson could be considered actor. The Hangover was a riveting performance. Um, <laughs> but let it be fucking, let that be Aaron Rodgers sitting in that same plane and somebody's fucking with Aaron Rodgers like that. He'll be promptly removed from that motherfucker. Ain't nobody about to let nobody bother Aaron Rodgers on a motherfucking plane. And that's the other thing about it that bothered me so much because it's not like you don't know Mike Tyson is on your plane. Like when Mike Tyson walks through boarding, it's not, not like no one noticed who that guy was. You know, Mike Tyson is one of the most recognizable American celebrities. The big ass tattoo on his face makes it really difficult to mistake him for another nigga. We know who Mike Tyson is. So you can't be like, oh, maybe they didn't know whatever, whatever. Then it just goes to show you the kind of dude Mike is because he's just riding a commercial flight. And Mike Tyson is definitely rich enough to not need to ride commercial. But he like, you know. I be doing regular nigga shit. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not above this. That's the vibes that Mike Tyson gives. And, and granted, this this goes to serve the audacity part of it. It's almost like my nigga forgot who Mike Tyson really is because the version of Mike Tyson we've had for the last decade or so has been pretty chill. You know, Mike Tyson could have never survived this social media landscape in his prime prime mike tyson prime mike tyson was beating bitches up left and right prime mike tyson was beating up niggas beating up bitches smacking up paparazzi fucked up drug addicted like prime mike tyson was crazy all my nigga was doing was knocking niggas the fuck out on and off the clock. He was wild. Real wild boy. My nigga was out here. And you like, I'm a fuck with him. Cause, cause you think that you about to get the podcaster, Mike Tyson. And he kept fucking with that nigga and fucking with that nigga and fucking with that nigga. And you can hear it in the clip. I played y'all an audio clip. You can hear Mike Tyson punching on that nigga. And he's lucky they were in an airplane. Like you could tell that like the leverage Mike could have got in a different situation. He couldn't really get. So that white boy really got lucky. And he didn't even get fucked up that much. Not only that, when they released the white boy's record, he's a fucking criminal. This nigga got like fraud from stealing people's ID and grand larceny. Like he's a little pill popper crackhead. Like I already knew your type. When I seen his, his charges, I was like, Oh, you got how you got, you got strung out on them pills and you start stealing your parents' credit cards and shit like that. And they charge your little stupid ass up. Then you start stealing little shit because you're a little crackhead. You, you, you know what I'm saying? You gotta be a crackhead to get pushed on by Mike Tyson. And then he starts beating the shit out of you. And the thing about it is, is that in a situation like this, you don't look at it like it, like it should be. But Mike Tyson should have never been put in that position. Mike Tyson, he's that, Mike Tyson should have been protected in that situation. 
you think because he's a big strong ass nigga that it's not I I shouldn't because I'm Mike Tyson and I can beat the fuck out this little nigga I shouldn't have to I should be able to just ride on this airplane mind my business and because he's interfering on my experience y'all was supposed to take care of that but y'all didn't y'all made me take care of it and that's not that's dry that's fucked up it would never be me y'all Mike Tyson I could walk in on Mike Tyson fucking my bitch and you know what I would do I would gather my things and I would leave. I'm never going to be put myself in a position to get punched by Mike Tyson. What the fuck? I don't care. Call me pussy. If I'm pussy because I'm not getting punched by Mike Tyson for anything, no matter whatever, then pussy I am. Because I bet you, you ain't never in your life going to hear about Dre doing no goofy ass shit like that. Because only white people do that. <laughs> It's not true that only white. Y'all, listen, I'm done with the Mike Tyson story. I have to tell y'all one funny thing about the, the little, about the date that went on last night. When we sit down, the girl's talking and she's like, you know, one thing I remember about you, she looks around. She said, you used to talk about white people a lot. <laughs> and I think to myself. Well, yeah, that, that that's a theme that hadn't really changed much. We still here talking about them whites. But I grew up around white people. So I know I have a doctorate in white studies and Caucasian studies. You know what I'm saying? I know. I know about y'all. You know, y'all know. Y'all know I be knowing, too. Y'all know I be knowing. I be knowing a little shit about you. Like like niggas know y'all. Y'all don't use washcloths and shit like that. But I know deeper shit than that. I know the deep cuts of the white community. I know y'all be putting bananas on your peanut butter and jelly sandwiches sometime. I know about you niggas. I know. Just, mm-hmm. I'm going to drop little gems like that on you to let y'all know that I know, you know what I'm saying, about y'all. You know, little deep cuts from the white community. I mean, <laughs> anyway, y'all, um, that's it for this episode, man. I hope y'all fucked with it like I always do. I appreciate y'all tuning in. Make sure if you're not subscribed, uh, if you're not following on your listening platform, I mean, you uh, follow the podcast on your listening platform. If you're not subscribed for the four ninety nine, you really need to do that, too, because I will love you more. I do. I love them more. The subscribers, they my, they my, they my babies. Y'all, y'all my, you know, y'all like my niggas. Y'all, y'all my dogs or whatever, but like they like, you know, that's like we have we got a special thing going on on the bonus episodes. You know, we be talking about shit y'all don't even know about. They know all my personal shit. It's a different vibe over there, you know, but, you know, maybe y'all will see. Maybe you won't. Until next time. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Peace. Yeah, double up the respect. Came through the wire, fresh out the fire. My mic check. Leaning and rocking, feel it yourself. It's high tech. Moving pieces all on the board. My nigga trying to see. Billion. Mm. My gift to gab honest. Escape trials and tribulations, fighting your honor. Shark in the water, grabbing for paper like I'm Nirvana. Code of honor that I follow, my nigga, is worth. Billion. Huh. 
Homie, fuck your greasy granny them. He been slapping shit so long, they gotta come and Grammy him. He so fly, he walk on stars, solar systems carry him. Bank account status when they marry him. Billion. Uh, make sure you say it two times. Dre, Dre, nigga. Make sure you say it two times. <laughs> Trying to see the salad with the croutons. Laying the foes down like futons for the billion. Yeah, man, you're not tuning in. Fuck this shit podcast. And billions 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 and